I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast on all three of them. And today we are continuing our look at gun action with a, of course, it's a gun action in Hong Kong cinema, so we have to be looking at a John Woo movie. And we are starting with like one of the first really big gun action John Woo movies, which is 1986, A Better Tomorrow, starring, of course, Chai Yun-Fat and T. Lung, who this is the third episode Mm -hmm. in a row that he's been in. Yeah, this is awesome. We've really paved the way pretty, yeah, pretty beautifully for this movie. Yeah, and I had we had T. Lung on any episodes before this, and then we have three in a row. Before, yeah, before Legend of Dragon Master. Hmm. I want to say his name came up, but I actually can't think of Probably, a movie but... that we covered that uh, that he starred in. Prior <laughs> the only yeah. thing I think... We made up for it. Maybe, was he in Millionaire's Express? One of the million people that were Yeah, that was popping that up in, Probably. in my he head, had to too. Like, there must somewhere. be some cameo or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, our leading lady in this movie, uh, mm-hmm. we also saw Millionaire's Express. So there's, mm-hmm. Yeah, that film is chock full of... Yeah, great stars. Yeah, it's every Hong Kong action star except for Jackie Chan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But this, but today, Better Tomorrow. And uh, this one is, I I haven't seen too terribly many John Woo movies, like not even of the the American ones. Sure. So, but it's, it's so cool. Like so many people have kind of ripped off John Woo and like, you know, kind of paid homage and stuff. So it was really cool to actually like go back to like the well and see, you know, like where it all kind of started and see kind of a more raw form of it as compared to um, the one movie I had seen, which is a uh, hard boiled. Nice. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Um, compared to maybe some later John Woo films and the Hollywood films, for sure, it maybe does look a little rough around the edges. But when we contrast it with uh, some of the other Hong Kong contemporary fare of this time period, even uh, the last movie we covered or Yes, Madam, um, this the filmmaking here just shows so much confidence, clarity, polish, really, compared to most of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's just... Uh, really a, a great like case study in in editing the pace of this film it just doesn't quite feel like other hong kong fare of the time um but yeah this uh i, I love watching i i loved rewatching this and i got kind of a vibe of um going back to some other great filmmakers early works like uh say bottle rocket with wes anderson which is like one of my favorite movies but what i love Mm. there is you can see all the flashes um that are to come out of that director and out of that point of view um but you're maybe not seeing them kind of like turned up to to 11 and i think that's that's true of a a better tomorrow Mm -hmm. we see all these beautiful close-ups um which again were really kind of striking for the time 
heavy use of slow motion, which would have been more of a special feature for, a, you know, a few shots um, at this point in time in Hong Kong. And then, yeah, some very memorable gun violence, but it's uh, in many ways a much more restrained movie than what's to come out of uh, John Woo. And it's crazy, really, that, th- I mean, he had definitely directed uh, plenty in Hong Kong, um, but this is really the, you could kind of argue it's like the first of the sort of genre of film that would make him famous. Um, yeah, it's not the first John Woo film, but it's the first John Woo film. <laughs> like. yeah. yeah, I mean, the the film, uh, now, name of it's escaping me now, but that he directed just prior to this was this like uh, Dean Sheck comedy um, and... Uh, you know, he had even done some actual, you know, period Kung Fu films, uh, Last Hurrah for Chivalry is, um, yeah. um, that's, that's actually kind of a classic. Uh, we'll have to touch on that sometime, but yeah, I love that experience when you can kind of like look back in time and, uh, you have the benefit of sort of knowing the future, like this Oracle or something, and you can just, you can feel the excitement at what, um, what John was tapping into here. And we really have to credit Choi Hark, who's a producer on the movie, uh, for setting this up. And I think even kind of pitching to John to, to do this kind of, uh, this kind of a project. Um, and we even we even get a little Choi Hark uh, cameo. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, that's yeah. fun. I was um, I, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Last Hurrah for Chival- Chivalry because I was kind of thinking about what led him to get up to this point. And when I was digging around and trying to do a little homework, because honestly, I feel like I've got a lot to learn about this kind of subgenre. Um, he was like an assistant director for Chang Che in yeah. his time with Shaw Brothers. And thinking about that and thinking about the movies that we covered, you know, the Venom Mob films, like, I think that you can actually pull a, a pretty direct line between the themes in those films and the themes in, at least in A Better Tomorrow. There's like this kind of you could almost say a bromance kind of deal oh, going yeah, on absolutely. in this movie, but it definitely has to deal with um, the bond between men and kind of this honor between friends. And yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and sort of the way that you're um, that you handle and play the drama yeah. in some ways, I guess you could say that um, Kung Fu comedy, you know, it forever changed um the genre of period Kung Fu. If you were someone though, that was a huge fan of the more say melodramatic um, bloodshed Shaw Brothers style. I, you might even say that the Kung Fu, the comedy maybe tainted uh, the Mm. thing that you loved. And I think here, John and Choi Hark are kind of finding sort of a fresh, uh, a fresh vehicle for that kind of classic, um, really it is, I would say melodramatic and I don't like, mm-hmm. don't mean to, to frame that like negatively or anything, but to, you know, depict this kind of like, um, masculine, uh, fraternal, um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, melodramatic story. And, yeah. um, there's something about placing it in the like contemporary setting with these kinds of, you know, gangsters and, um, and the gun violence where it, 
gosh, it just, it just really works. We should also say that, um, a better tomorrow, uh, draws some inspiration from an older film, a 1979 film called the brothers. Um, uh, and that was directed by Hua Shan and that was a, a Shaw brothers film actually. Um, but that, uh, deals with some of the same issues of these two brothers on mm-hmm. either side of the law. Um, and some of the, the bullet points of that story are sort of similar to what we have in a better tomorrow. But, um, Anyways, yeah, uh, lightning struck with this movie. It was a huge hit when it came out, and even though Chow Yun Fat isn't the um, you know the top billed actor, his uh, portrayal in particular was such a hit with audiences that it really kind of changed Hong Kong culture, like, yeah. like down to the clothes that he wore and everything. I mean, he was so popular that. Um, Spoiler alert, even though his character doesn't survive to the end of this movie, he's brought back in the second film to play oh, that character's twin. And it's oh, and you're yeah. fine with it because you need to see uh, Chow Yun-Fat. And um, if you can pull it off, you need to smoke a cigarette with an unlit match uh, in the other corner yeah, of your, your mouth at the, at the same time. But, and wearing a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And also, the movie's been like uh, remade. Uh, I think at least twice. Yeah, I think so there's like yeah, there's cor- three times. Korean there's version a, and, a oh, Bollywood times, movie, a huh? uh, Korean movie, and another more recent uh, Chinese version. Oh, right, right. So yeah, huge, huge hit, and really, um, it's you kind of can't overstate the impact this had on John Woo's career and definitely the career of uh, Chow Yun Fat. So. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I learned was that this film actually uh, created the like modern uh, rating system in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, oh, really? the violence wow. in this film was so shocking that the the uh, the Hong Kong motion picture rating system was made because of it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really great. Oh, dude, that's that's awesome. Also, this is maybe the. Um, one of the most exciting uh, scores uh, for, oh, for, for a movie that we've watched in, in yes. a long time. So Let's talk uh, about this music. <laughs> yeah, the music's <laughs> wild. Uh, I, I really love it. it. It's funny. It feels, uh, reminds me a lot of a lot of 80s anime, actually. Like it has like a lot of like the instrumentation with like the kind of like yeah, harmonica man, totally. sounding things and like the the drums going with the like the cool 80s gated drums along with like mm-hmm. a orchestra and stuff. Yeah, yes. totally. So we have a uh, Joseph Koo who's um you know is a legend in Hong Kong and in China. Um music for films, also music for television, pop songs, uh, kind of runs the whole gamut. And this score it's it's not so much that he composed underscore that's kind of that seems like it was maybe spotted to the movie, but he produced, uh, I want to say 10 to 12 kind of like pop tracks. Um, (laughs) and then they're kind of, uh, they are very like character specific. So we have a few different character themes. Mm -hmm. There's like a main theme for the movie, which, uh, is also Mark's theme in a lot of, uh, occasions. Um, 
hose theme, which, uh, like you were saying, Matthew, makes uh, heavy use of this harmonica. And then that's the theme that um, is kind of transformed into the end credits song. Um, and then there's also a really beautiful piece of music when Mark's character dies. It's this kind of like Baroque thing with harpsichord. But you do hear the tracks of almost each of them kind of a few times in different spots in the film. Mm-hmm. But they're, I think, really well placed. And um, yeah, I There's think- a couple of times where it kind of like, especially in the uh, English dub version, where the music will just kind of cut from one yeah, song yeah, to just, the other one. Or just starts like, oh, fading oh, in. Okay. It's like, I hope you don't notice. Um, <laughs> but the main theme and the presentation during the mm-hmm. main titles, I think you were saying in our Discord, oh, Carlos, yes. it's, it's like the most video gamey thing ever mm-hmm. and it's funny there's a lot of <laughs> tracks that it reminds me of there's like a in Mega Man 7 the junk man totally theme there I, um, there's I, a, I, and there's a few few others but it's funny when I was looking at all of the video game tracks that it reminded me of they're all way later. years after yeah. after this and knowing yes. what a huge hit this movie was it's it's got me kind of rethinking if this could be mm-hmm. more of a musical influence on on games and stuff but I hear mm-hmm. what you're saying Matthew it definitely feels like it'd be at home with like Japanese anime or TV or mm-hmm. something like that too there's a couple of tracks that remind me of some of the stuff we heard in uh the fist of the north star movie oh sure mm-hmm. yeah a little bit which is the same year i think right 86 yeah and i that's what i was gonna say is like why why is 1986 so good when it comes to music <laughs> like this like yeah, this like dude. apex of cheesy synthesizers mm-hmm. but also like ambition like it's yeah, it, yeah. So we've got stuff. 78 is like the best year for kung fu films and then <laughs> yeah. 86 the best year for like yeah. Dude, Transformers the movie. Game. Oh Come dude, on. totally. Like Tacola. kill me. <laughs> it's like the best stuff ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, uh music is great and uh like you're saying Matthew, there are some moments where there's some kind of fun needle drops but it's sort of a breath of fresh air from the kinds of needle drops that we're used to with the hong kong Mm -hmm. movies uh that we cover where it's uh records pulled from other films or things that have really nothing to do with the production um it's kind of nice having having this here also there's uh, a a few really cool uh source pieces of music uh, including this song that's sung by this children's choir and it's there's a lyric from that song um, when translated into English is a similar phrase to a better tomorrow. So that's apparently where the title comes from. Yeah, um, I looked into that song a bit and it's it's like a benefit song that came out in yeah. like, 85 and it's basically like a we are the world. Yeah, I was about of, to say when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is just looks like like uh, Southeast Asian we are the world because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all Dude, these awesome. these singers like coming in and out for each line and stuff. That's sweet. And yeah, uh, there's um there's there's also um there's a Peter Gabriel track from uh, a movie oh, called yeah. Birdie that came out in eighty four that I'd never heard of, but has a really solid soundtrack because it's yeah. Peter Gabriel. And there's I think a they Brian used that Eno. track in the sequel too, the Birdie track. Mm-hmm. John the Burns way that really they 
the way that they drop it in, like you were saying, Marty, it's if you didn't know, you wouldn't notice. I think it's really right, um, right. efficiently, like mm-hmm. it just dropped in there perfectly. So I think it's cool. I didn't, but what what you were mentioning, Matthew, about the dubbing version having a little weird. I, yeah. It, I think this is the first time that I noticed where they you could notice the timing was different and where they place the music. Like mm-hmm. they use the same tracks in some scenes, yeah. but the songs start and end at wow. different moments. So like the whole is, sound yeah, mix just, is different. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of weird. Cause it's like you said, it's all the same songs and stuff and the dub's not even bad. It's just mm-hmm. kind of weird having a few things there. There is one, the, the old man, the old the, man has a really bad voice. He yes. sounds, it's like a, he sounds like George Foreman. It's like literally like a, a black dude playing this little Chinese guy. It's the best. That's so good. I've worked with them before a while back. Here, have this. You've done a good job. It was, a, I actually like whenever there was a scene with him, I'm like, I got to switch it to English right now just to hear what it sounds like. <laughs> also, I love, um, the dudes that dub the white guys, um, yeah, in the Cantonese version, yeah, who are who are already speaking English in the yeah. Cantonese version, and one of those voices sounds like a, one of our familiar friends from our old uh, dubbing team. But nice. Hi. Oh, hi, Tom. How are you? Hi, Russ. Yes. Hey, why don't we go out for a drink sometime? Yeah. All right. You like oh. to drink? Yeah. And what do you like to drink? Oh, yeah. Me too. I love that. It's great. Yeah, there similar, actually is similar a accent at least. There's a credit actually in the version we watch for the English dubbers. Oh, right. like, English dialogues. Not, their, not the credit, but yeah, it says English says, dialogues yeah. and post production JBTV London. So nice. I'm guessing nice. it's a, a local station in London. Another breadcrumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> well, with all that, uh, we'll, we should probably jump into the actual movie itself. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Hong Kong, 1986. The triads battle law enforcement for control of the city. Sung Se-ho and his partner Mark Lee enjoy prosperity among their underworld family. But when business finds its way home, blood is shed, driving a rift between Ho and his brother Kit, a newly appointed police officer. The past is hard to shake, and Ho fights to win his family back while Mark yearns for the days gone by. Brothers by blood, enemies by chance, killers by nature. John Woo brings you the heroic bloodshed of A Better Tomorrow, starring T. Long, Chow Yun-Fat, and Leslie Chung. So, like we were saying before, the movie starts, like, with a really shocking, like, like this, like, dream sequence thing of, yeah. of one of our main characters getting shot, and it's in slow motion and in dead silent. Like, there's literally no music, no sound or anything. It's just yeah, this and weird and silence to kind of get us, get you in, in the mood. Yeah, and then we see uh, T. Wong's character uh, wake up in, like, a cold sweat from this dream, and we've got just this incredible close-up, like, extreme close-up, yeah. and the focus is super sharp. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think, actually, Choi Hark's name appears on that, like, mm-hmm. a Choi Hark production. Um <laughs> And then uh, when we do see the title, it's this really cool um, logo for A Better Tomorrow. Yeah. It's kind of like hand-painted, like skewed perspective thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I love it. But then, mm. yeah, these opening shots we see of Chow Yun-Fat's character. Um, already here, we're seeing the difference between 
John Woo's approach and mm-hmm. kind of the other guys at this time. It's just the camera is so uh, restrained and under control, and these shots are just so beautifully composed. Mm-hmm. You know, you can freeze most of the frames from this movie and hang them on your wall if you want. Yeah, this this is really a definitely a every in every frame of painting kind of kind of movie. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like there are so many amazing shots in this movie, and and I love too that the talking about things being a little different than we're used to. We also see at the very beginning that Chai Yun Fat and T Lung are like best friends and they're like <laughs> messing yeah. around with each other and like, you know, like goofing Dude, yeah, off the, around. The each quality other and stuff. of male relationship in this movie is like, it's almost uncomfortable, like how <laughs> healthy it is in the first half of the movie. Um, but yeah, man. I liked that little bit with the food vendor. Did you guys like kind of get yeah. what was happening there? Cause like the food vendor like darts away and they're like chasing after him. And I didn't know at first what was happening, but what I think it is is just that the, the, the vendors watching out for the police. And when the, there's like a patrol like <laughs> yeah. bike that shows up and he, he's on the run. Cause he oh, probably he should have not allowed to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. that was like maybe like a cultural thing that i wouldn't recognize right away but i was like oh that's what's happening (laughs) and i love anytime we we saw this a little bit in the last movie too but anytime they uh talk to the police or or the police talk to each other uh they say stuff in english so like he he waves to one of the officers and said sir Mm -hmm. right right and then it's interesting we see uh where t long and choi and fat's characters work and this is such a cool idea and location. It could almost be sort of far-fetched, um, but I don't know. It works. It's almost like a secret bad guy yeah, it's almost, spy Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost building. like – it kind of reminded me of, like, Tony Stark's, like, lab. Oh, like, sure. It's like this or secret like underground thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It just doesn't quite walk through that many doors, but, yeah, you're right. It kind of gets smart, like – but what's cool is we get to see some um, uh, awesome early computer computers. technology. And you have to think for a lot of the audiences at this time, all these shots of the scanner, the image scanners, for, mm-hmm. um, they're scanning these like 50 and $100 US bills. Um, and it's really kind of just showcasing what digital scanning is like at the time. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, even watching it in 2020, I got swept up in it again. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, wow, they can do that with I computers. love old like 80s technology where it yeah. has like you have computers and you can recognize them as computers. But then like a plot point in this movie is stealing like literally just a reel of tape that's being yeah, used by that's the computer. The storage format for the computer. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. So. Instead of it being like a printing plate, it's like this reel that they use. It yeah, definitely dude, has like awesome. this like production footage look to this intro when they're mm-hmm. showing it. They kind of condense it pretty tightly. But you also yeah, get this, totally. you know this iconic shot of Chow Yun-Fat's character lighting up a hundred dollar oh, bill. And so I'm sure good. So Classic. many people have seen a gif of that. Mm, I'm <laughs> yeah. definitely going to add to that pile. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, you... I think there's, there's a handful of posters and I think even um, home video versions of the movie that kind of feature that image mm-hmm. like pretty mm-hmm. prominently, sometimes maybe leading you to think that Chow Yun-Fat <laughs> has a bigger part in the movie than, than he does, but that kind of thing happens. Yeah. And also, I just noticed right now, kind of skimming back through it, 
that you can definitely see them using like a, a clone tool, like in a like in Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, totally. they're definitely using a clone and tool. And the alignment like, to paint isn't the... super great. Of what it's, <laughs> it's not, I was kind of thinking that too. It was like, oh, you need to move it over a little bit there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he clones <sighs> that eight in the series, dude. This made me really appreciate how gorgeous the old fifties and hundreds were. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I yeah. Yeah, they might be more insecure, but they're not all like these big old faces of the blue strips and stuff. But it's funny because the the Hong Kong bills that we see in a second look more like modern, like yeah, totally. And yeah, later, um, I think it's T. Lung's character that does this. But when they receive some of the Hong Kong cash, they're checking it with a black light, and yet um, we get this kind of close up of all the watermarks and stuff on those bills. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so what they're doing is they've got these counterfeit bills and they're making a trade with some foreigners. So um, I some really like... definitely British people doing American accents, which is yeah. which is my favorite. I love yeah, that. Yeah, these are those guys. And yeah, this is where like one of those guys almost sounds like one of the classic uh, dub mm-hmm. artists. <laughs> and I, I really love the whole uh, Marx character giving them like kind of small talk while oh yeah in english yeah (laughs) yeah so it's like all of this kind of uh college class english (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and then ho is like super impressed that he can yeah at the end he's like oh yeah you're really good at that of course of course he was pretty good bye oh bye oh yeah ah you've already prepared you know how those losers say of course all the time those white devil bastards (laughs) and uh yeah so then they uh seal the deal they bring the case back to their boss uh, played by george foreman and uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, what happens here is that you, you, I mean, you also get a sense of this dynamic because they have like a driver with them, and he's kind of like the young guy, the rookie, and um, yeah, watch out. They for treat this him guy. nice, yeah. But uh, what ends up happening here is uh, there's like a deal going on in Taiwan, and the boss tells uh, Ho, "Hey, you should uh, go check this out." And um, sorry, I, I just heard you say Ho, hey, that was cool. Uh, nice <laughs> and shing the kind of the upstart here um he he ends up going with them and um yeah things are gonna get a little crazy and i also love you see like that chayun fat's character mark is just a goofball and he's like yeah, trying to hit on the like the secretary and getting shot down and like all the other people in the office kind of love him and yeah, I love how uh, John Woo directed that scene. She makes literally no reaction to him at all, and he <laughs> yeah, even puts the great. rose like almost inside her typewriter. Yeah, this yeah, she's unfazed. Oh, and, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. I mean, really, we're seeing a very similar kind of characterization to um, Chow Yun Fat's character in Tiger on a Beat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which is funny because then it it definitely does not end up that way later yeah. in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh well we also get to see uh T Long with his uh find as his little brother uh what played Lai uh Leslie Chung, who I don't think we've seen in no. a at least in a, in a leading role in the podcast. No, no. Yeah, and this but, would have been like having like Justin Bieber or something. Ex- yes, like yes. A star of the movie. 
<laughs> yeah, anybody that was watching the movie when it came out would know Leslie Chung because he was like this canto pop superstar at the time. Yeah, and he's act and he sings the uh, end credit song mm-hmm. um, to himself about himself. <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and he's a he's a dope singer and a really good performance in this movie. Like a lot of what works about the drama, I think, really kind of hinges on. Um, his character mm-hmm. yeah and you were talking about the melodrama in here and you kind of have to have these actors turn the volume all the way up and yeah, yeah he, he's definitely uh like this hot-blooded kind of younger brother and um what you find out is that they both have a father that well, well they have a father that's uh pretty ill and they take care of him but uh, the father kind of knows everything that's going on so um Ho here he's like consoling with his father but if father's like hey i know you're kind of like on the 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 other side of the law and you know that your brother who will you find out is going to be a cop you yeah. know he's eventually you guys are going to have to cross paths so he kind of begs his brother to begs his son to stop that life when he and shares an interesting of... story that when they were growing up as boys they would play cops and robbers <laughs> and, he, and he says even though your brother would lose he always wants you know, he always wanted to stay the cop. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, kind of nice little foreshadowing of maybe uh, what Ho can expect here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I really like is the whole, you know, the play between uh, the literal brothers and then, you know, the the brothers from another mother. Mm-hmm. You know, this this kind of tug between uh, uh, Sun Chu Ho's, like, family and his friends and the lifestyles between the two is i think that's the real draw for me in this film and i think that yeah t lung's performance is so good throughout that you just yeah, for real enraptured with this struggle that he has to deal with so we get a brief scene where we see uh leslie chung's character's name is kit and his uh his girlfriend jackie who is played by emily chu who like as we said before like everyone was in millionaires expressed but that's the only time we've seen her uh before this yeah um there's a brief scene where she's like uh auditioning, auditioning. for an orchestra or yeah something? An for orchestra yeah. or something and we get a cool little cameo from the producer Choi hark yeah and, and she's playing uh Tramurai by uh schumann and, oh uh, cool nice. good poll it's uh <laughs> and yeah Choi hark is uh, it's awesome. He's playing a sleazy um, orchestra audition panelist. Um, <laughs> didn't know they made those, but it's. it's I don't know what how they do in Hong Kong. Seriously, I guess, but... once, yeah. Once you see what happens, mm-hmm. um, they make a really good meal out of how awkward and large a cello case is, and so there's like a lot of fun antics around. You know, the case being swung around, and mm-hmm. and another of the panelists is this pregnant woman and. Or she gets knocked down by the case so <laughs> odds are against um jackie's audition here she's playing mm-hmm. pretty well and then her cello slips on on the stage and so yeah. she's yeah upset at her dude and then there's a great little button to the scene where um we get one more like antic with the cello case and it swings into the back window of a car smashing it and it's Choi hark's car mm-hmm. of course and we just leave the scene on that it's great <laughs> and it's great because even all of these like just goofy bits are all framed really well too and like you can still see like the style of the movie even though the rest of the movie really isn't like this right um, yeah totally 
so now we get our you know you have to have the this is my last this is my last thing man that i'm out <laughs> yeah this scene is uh interesting too because you get your first taste of how chow yun fat can really turn things up and kind man, of yeah. surprise you like all of a sudden you things can be pretty lighthearted, but then he can just change the whole tone of a scene and uh he kind of gives Shing here, who's the upstart, this kind of, I don't know, cold reality of what their job is. Yeah. And he tells this story about having to deal with, you know, he says the wrong thing to uh, somebody in a deal, and then he has a gun up to his head, and he just basically explains how, how dangerous things can get. And yeah. actually, I, I read that there's uh, some truth to the story, I guess. Yeah, it was like, like something that actually happened to Chow yun oh, in real life, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't able to dig too much up on that, but that's pretty interesting when you think about what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. And this is um, also a, a scene um, that really kind of showcases just what a cut above um, the filmmaking is here. Um we're in this more kind of like modern bar restaurant and John Woo just makes such awesome use of the actual lighting in the environment or all these neon purples and blues. Um, and yeah, just it's, and again, really like reserved uh, camera and framing of this. It just, it just pulls you in kind of in the way any like great dialogue scene would like, um, uh, you know Robert Shaw and Jaws or something like that. Mm. Um, it's it's great, but yeah, it's also it's hard not to just fixate on this match <laughs> that Giant Fat is has in his mouth as he's taking drags on the cigarette. <laughs> but he's just he's cooler than the rest of us. He can do that. Yeah, and he's wearing this like super dad outfit too. He's got like yeah. this green yeah, like and red sweater. sweater. <laughs> it's a sweater like you know he who shall not be named um <laughs> america's former dad used to wear and then this yeah this collared shirt underneath it it's it's cool man <laughs> it is cool it's surprising i did also uh read a thing saying that you know the other look that is pretty iconic in this film with the sunglasses and the um the duster the the like trench coat yeah. was so influential that like those were sold out all over Hong Kong after this movie came <laughs> and out. And they're even like nicknamed after like Mark or something, right? I oh, think. great. Yeah, yeah sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's, man. Yeah, just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of iconic uh, features to this, man. And in this scene, there's uh, uh, the music that's playing. And it's actually, it's funny. It's It's another like pop song from a Taiwanese singer, actually. And, it the internet's such a crazy place because I was able to find the song using Shazam, and then I was able to put the cause it obviously it was in Chinese, so I put that into just Google, and I was able to get a translation to figure out that it was Chin Jiao Yun is the name of the singer who did that song, mm. oh, and dude, nice. it's the name of the song is it's one of those like it's like it wouldn't make sense if you translated it literally right, right. so. That I even bother, but but still, it's just we live in a cool time. That we can yeah, use it's it. great. That's amazing to be able to copy and paste a language you don't mm-hmm. recognize. That's so cool. It's um, Google foo. Is yeah. Google foo? <laughs> um, and then I think we cut to kind of like a police academy light Hong Kong edition, real quick. And um, 
And here we see some more just like exuberant, like fraternal energy going yeah. on. Um, yeah, I like so they kind of play fight. Uh, we see T Long and his his little brother, uh, and they kind of play fight. And it's funny seeing T Long kind of like badly play fighting <laughs> when it's like this guy was in Shaw Brothers movies. Like he can, yeah, he can move. Him. It's just funny seeing it <laughs> in this scene. There's still something kind of cool about his form in that shot. Yeah, <laughs> really, especially because it's clear it's not like a choreographed moment. Yeah, um, they're just going at it. It's yeah, yeah it's cool. Um, yeah, there isn't really, um, you know, fighting choreography per se in the film, but I did just want to call out uh, one familiar name that's kind of behind the scenes in action directing, and that's uh, Blackie Co. Uh, oh, oh, cool. We've talked about before. Uh, Is he, he crashing some cars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. There's not a whole lot of vehicle stuff, um, mm-hmm. which is what he was more known for. Um, and then... Uh, we also mentioned he's that sort of main thug in Wheels on Meals um, mm-hmm. with kind of the mohawk and everything. Classic dude. But I want to say uh, Ching Siu Tong uh, worked on action directing in the second film. Um, but yeah, in this movie, no real kind of like foit, foit, uh, choreography. Yeah, no foit choreography. So speaking of fight choreography, uh, we get our our next scene is kind of the kind of what sets everything in the movie to motion. Um, we get our, our classic like deal gone wrong situation where this is supposed to be like the final deal with, with T long. Yeah. This just and, doesn't smell good from the start. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the contrast between the black coat he was wearing in the scene before. Mm, and then the he's white. wearing this white, yeah. you know, almost symbolizing a and death or something. These, like bad. giant, like Kim Jong-il kind of sunglasses. <laughs> you're you're yeah. totally right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he makes it work. But the but the yeah the, the deal goes wrong. He knows something's up, and he's like able to like he's able to get ready with his gun before they start shooting. But it it goes south pretty fast. Yeah, he gets yeah he gets tagged with a shot. I I like you know he can sense something's wrong, and uh, the guy that takes a shot at him tells him outright like hey you know like we got this deal going on, but. They said they'd pay me even more if I kill you. So uh, gunfight breaks out and people are getting killed. And then they, uh, Xing and Ho are on the run. And uh, he makes like a decision to basically sacrifice himself so that Xing can get away all right. And um, in the middle of this, they kind of do this back and forth. And I know we mentioned before how his father is ill and you get a shot of. Uh, Jackie coming back to the apartment and you see that there's like a hitman that's uh, kind of breaking in and he he's it starts off like he wants to do this kind of hostage situation to make sure that dude, uh, the sequence is amazing it's like yeah it opens in kind of this like Hitchcockian kind of way and then it turns Mm. into just this straight kind of brawler mostly in the dark oh dude yeah yeah and even with it being so soon in the film, you still are kind of really like worried about what might happen to mm-hmm. uh, Kit or the father or Jackie because um, it's like this really like scary struggle. She was like gonna cook noodles or something, so there's like this boiling pot of water, and um, yeah, Kit breaks in, and then um, you know there's already this struggle going on. Like it's yeah, it's really really scary yeah. stuff. 
And Jackie gets some good hits in too. Like there's this great shot of her yeah, smacking the the would be assassin with a phone, and uh, and actually gets like literally stabs him at one point yeah. with a kitchen knife. Yeah, that's a good shot. <laughs> and then the, there's that painful shot of him pulling the knife out of his own back. Oh man, <laughs> yikes! <laughs> but he's still able to. They they kill him, but he's still able to kill the 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 dad. And the dad's last words are to to Kit, just forgive your brother. And rough. Ooh, it's rough. Cause, yeah, because this is also seemingly the way that he learns about what his brother mm-hmm. really does. Yeah, because then when we cut back to his brother, his his brother basically figures out the only way that like I'm gonna be able to get out of this and not have my brother be in danger is if I give myself up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so he goes and gives himself up, and it's funny because this this feels like the end of a different movie. <laughs> So oh, it's, sure. So it's crazy Ooh, this yeah. happens, like, in the first 30 minutes. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And also we see that um, our uh, kind of upstart driver character, Shing, there's there's something you don't quite trust about about him in this moment, and um, I think that's, that's handled really well. But, yeah, I, I love um, – yeah, there's something about this scene. It's like pitch black. It seems like it's in the middle of the night, and you have all this this giant Taiwanese police force, um, kind of circling Ho's character, and um, like almost every other moment in this movie, yeah, just really beautifully kind of composed by John Woo. Yeah, there's a funny thing. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like when he's walking towards the police and there's like kind of this crowd like behind him as well, mm-hmm. it almost looks like there's some lighting crew guys on the shot, like in the camera oh, shot. Whoa. Like uh, if you're looking on the right of that, it doesn't look like they're police force. It looks <laughs> like they're totally staff. right. I, was, I looked at that like three or four times. Like, is oh, that you're right. right. And, Oh, that's oh, that's really funny because it's just like it's just like this young looking guy with like a hoodie on, not yep. like when the police officers. <laughs> oh, dude! Nice. Oh, that's really funny. I've seen it. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Doesn't detract from that. No, scene. not at all. It's still a really amazing <laughs> shot. It's yeah, just, that's yeah. funny. And once that fades to black, you get another amazing shot, which is yeah. Mark finding out what happened to his friend, and God, he looks is, so cool. <laughs> Yeah, like he amazing... literally looks like a guy from an anime. Like, yeah, it's like leaning against a rail. There's a train going behind him. He's smoking. He's got this long jacket on, sunglasses oh, sure. on. It's Ugh. like it could be like Cowboy Bebop. Like you would, yeah. you would oh, think of Toy Cowboy Bebop. Definitely is very inspired by a lot of John Woo stuff. Yeah, some yeah, other yeah, shootouts. Sure. Mm-hmm. He's he's also uh, getting ready to do a job. Yeah, this is maybe one of the mo- most memorable. Um, bursts of gun action in the film Mm -hmm. and you could even say this is kind of in some ways the unveiling of like the wooian or i don't know what the official term is it's the Um, blueprint man yeah and it's uh again the editing is so brilliant here um we see chow yun fett's character walking down this corridor with this woman and at first it just seems like maybe he's kind of like you know, trying to distract himself from the news he's gotten. And he's just kind of going in to like lust mode or something. And then mm-hmm. we have these really clever insert shots where we see that, Oh, he's actually like hiding guns and mm-hmm. he's like flower pots 
in the corridor as he goes. And um, I don't and know. And also, I, I realize I amazing. made a mistake. Uh, the Chin Jiao Yun song is what's playing right now in the oh, okay. original awesome. audio. So. Oh, that's great. And yeah, also just the the use of the slow motion in a sequence mm-hmm. like this, it just it doesn't feel like any other Hong Kong movie at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this isn't being used for, for some crazy stunt at the end of the film. Um, it's really asking you to kind of get inside the head of Mark. Mm-hmm. And then the probably my favorite shot of this is whenever all these people are like sitting around a table eating and laughing and you see the sliding door just slowly yeah. and opening and, and Chow Yun Fat's behind it. And yeah, this dude. just goes into this crazy shootout where he has the the classic two guns and he's just blowing dudes away. And then he he throws the ones down uh, after they run out of bullets and then grabs another one from the plant in the hallway. Dude, Ugh. and yeah, this this would have been just the jaw dropping mm-hmm. shock of a scene as far as the violence goes. Um, you know, we just had a shootout a few minutes ago in that deal gone wrong in Taiwan, but that was maybe more of the kind of style of scene we would have expected. Just the amount mm-hmm. of blood and how quickly things start to escalate here is yeah. I mean, even even today watching, it's just so effective, man. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's a shocker. And he Marks thinks he's getting away after killing all of them. And then uh, the uh, one guy crawls out and shoots him in the foot and uh, messes up his foot. And he likes he shoots him back and then just slowly limps forward and just blasts away his head like off camera. Ah, it's so rough. Yeah, man. Totally. Cool. And then immediately following this scene, um, we get to see da, 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 John Woo himself, uh, who plays. Oh, really? This. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This really interesting character. So the kind of the man of few words with the glasses. Um, oh, that's, that's John Woo. Yeah, that's our yeah. guy. Oh, cool. Um, I didn't and, know that he uh, he hitchcocked himself in this. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, right. he really did. I mean, he almost kind of Spike Lee's himself into it in a couple of ways because um, he walks into this close up, which is great. And then we have this slow mo um, POV shot of the blood strewn hallway. And then we have this thing where it seems like he's standing or sitting on a dolly mm-hmm. that's moving with the camera. It's really a brief shot, but feels a little bit like what Spike does in uh, Malcolm X, you know, years after this point. But um, yeah, cool seeing, cool seeing John in the film. And he kind of, he's, <laughs> he has such a good eye as a director. He sort of knows how to use himself as this <laughs> kind of uh, scary, um, yeah, creepy, not sure of his intention sort of dude. Okay, that, that makes more sense. Because I was thinking, it seems weird there's like this guy has like a really cool close-up despite the fact he's not in the rest of the movie. So that, that <laughs> right. makes a lot more sense. Um, and then following this, we have, uh, for me, I think one of my favorite montages. Uh, again, really beautiful editing here. Uh, we're right in the middle of the 80s. Uh, this is kind of peak montage in some ways or maybe a low point from montages, depending on <laughs> depending which way you look at it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, where you stand. Um, but I think this is super effective and it's really hitting home kind of the central theme of the movie, which, as we said before, these two brothers on the opposite side of the law. Um, and here we're contrasting uh, prison life with rising in the police academy and some really stark contrasts of like a shooting range versus, you know, working mm-hmm. out at the prison yard. 
Um, and, it's amazing yeah. how much just the outfit that Leslie Chung wears completely changes how you see him. Oh, dude, totally. Because, like, you know, obviously this was shot at the same time, but he just looks older just because he's wearing, like, just, you know, less, I guess, you know, youthful clothing with yeah, the, totally. with this montage. Now, what do you guys think about how high the arms swing in this Hong Kong police march? Don't they? <laughs> oh, I don't think it's high enough. I think it needs to go more. It's yeah. If if we could make a gif of that, that'd be. Co- it's just. It's. <laughs> it's interesting. I I have no idea what I'm talking about here, but it just oh, it seems no, kind of crazy. But um, I don't know. <laughs> no, I get you. It's I'm I'm sure it's just that weird kind of British holdover kind of thing. Can I, have you all ever watched uh, Red Dwarf, the no, sci-fi no, comedy show? It. Okay, it's a very British uh, sci-fi show from the early '90s. Um, but. But whenever one of them salutes, he does like this crazy like flap up in the air before bringing his his head to his uh, or hand to his head. Oh, and nice! Me of that. So anyway, <laughs> so we get to see Tilong actually getting out of prison, and we hear from another character that it's been three years, and I, I guess he he got out for for good behavior or something. Yeah, um, <laughs> and. Uh, there's another talking about anime shots. Uh, we get to see uh, Jackie and uh, Kit visiting their uh, visiting his father's grave, and she's like laying flowers down. It's this really cool graveyard that's like, and then it uh, starts raining like on a like hill. Hard. It starts raining. Yeah. Uh, Kit's like facing away from the grave, smoking while she's laying the flowers down. Yeah. It's it's very artsy. Like again, melodramatic, but not in a bad way. Yeah. And yeah, this so, cemetery is incredible because there are these like rolling hills and tombstones yeah. are all across the hillside. It's like, wow. The the thing that I thought was funny is that the photo of their dad on the tombstone, <laughs> he, he's got like this ridiculous, angry expression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. He died as he lived. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is a. Uh, uh, Tian Feng, I don't think we called uh, uh, that the era, dad, but yeah, cool, cool. It's kind of a classic going back to Shaw Brothers days, and uh, it was actually in the original uh, Fist of Fury. Oh, great! Oh, very cool. Definitely a future episode at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For um, sure. So Jackie and Kit are driving back in the rain, and uh, Kit sees Ho like out in the rain. And gets the taxi to stop just so he can get out and start beating him up and tell me <laughs> he never wants to see yeah, him. Yeah, this again. scene is amazing because we haven't really heard Kit say anything. Uh, mm. I mean, he had a little bit of line of dialogue to like a perp he was bringing in during the montage. But uh, I love how this is handled because you don't entirely, you suspect maybe, but you don't entirely know what his reaction is going to be. Yeah. And when he tells the taxi to like, oh, stop right here. Uh, you yeah, can kind of think it could like, go either oh, way. Oh, hey, you're yeah. out of prison. Yay, I forgave you because yeah, my father totally. told me to forgive you, but nope. But, yeah, and just the rain here, this is another really iconic moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the action isn't pretty here. It's just kind of angry, emotional uh, fighting, you know, and mm-hmm. wow. And yeah, this- yeah, what I really like, and I said it a little while ago, is just DeLong's performance you feel that sorrow you feel the weight of you know the sadness of losing his father and just that he's just 
not being accepted by his brother um you know you're used to seeing this guy play these heroic you know like heroes from like you know period dramas and period i mean period martial arts films and to see him just wrenched with this emotion is really effective and then this takes us to kind of him finding his place and uh what he does is he ends up going to like this taxi company and um i like how they play this here he he's like worried about asking for a job and because he knows that he's a felon and the owner of the place gives him a hard time about it but yeah, he's really playing Kenneth with him saying is the actor there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and he's and, just a really solid dude yeah which is, really is kind of cool he's not like a hard ass or something he's actually like you know really wants to give him a second chance yeah sure and and you, there's a little prison. bit of a kind of convenient feeling thing um mm. where it's like Oh, you you happen to be an ex-con. You came to the one place where I love ex-cons. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's great. And it's such a um yeah, it's such an interesting idea and uh just like this colorful spot and this colorful cast of characters, I guess. Yeah, I think this is another example of that brotherhood that I was talking about, you know. Ah, totally. It's like, hey man, like we're, we just met you, but you know what? We're men together, and we're going to help each other out. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really weird. fun. So we see a couple of shots of him like going around town, and there's this amazing slow-mo shot where Ho sees Shing, who before was like the the you know the green you know green the gills like new rookie recruit guy and now he's he's wearing the cool white coat. And yeah, he's like and Mark is like boss. the Biff. At the end of Back to the Future, <laughs> oh, totally nice. Yeah, he's like, cleaning yeah, he's up like the a homeless and... man, and like she like gives him a tip, but he just throws on the ground. Dude, it's cold. He has yeah. a limp with this like metal brace on. It's rough. Yeah, it's so effective because um, you have to think when Mark gets shot in that uh, that hallway sequence. Mm. I think what you expect in a in a movie of this period is you're either going to die from being shot or you'll mm-hmm. heal. You know, three years yeah. later, you won't mm-hmm. show any, any wear and tear. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's yeah. one of the more effective storytelling choices in the movie that, um, you know, Mark is forever handicapped by this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you rarely see... Like you said, you either the guns like it hits you and then you're just fine. Like you you walk in with a cast in the last scene and you're fine. Yeah. Or, you know, the person just dies. But you don't see like he's just, you know, he's just got a limp and that's just his life now. Yeah. Uh, But he's he's living in this uh, parking garage Mm -hmm. for basically for the place he used to work for. Um, And that hoe walks up. And this is a super emotional scene. Yeah, wow, really, yeah. Where like he he walks up and <clears throat> Chayun Fat just like he's an amazing actor. Yeah. Like it's easy to forget with all the you know diving through the air, shooting two guns and stuff. But like he's that dude can act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean just, it's yeah. Sorry, I it's almost possible he's given it a little more than it needs even in some of these <laughs> scenes. Um, but yeah, I love it. No, I think it's, I think it's, it really, it's part of the genre almost that it's like you're game for the violence. I think in the same way you're game for the melodrama, it's Mm. like, this is serious life and death, life and death stuff. Um, But yeah, I think you, uh, this movie does ask for you to be like 
really committed to it um, and to kind of be there with them is because, yeah, like you're saying, Chow Yun-Fat, he's really go really going for it uh, in this scene and in most of his dramatic scenes in the movie. Even before, like, he has any lines in this scene when he just sees Ho and, you know, the expression on his face. And it's like this Mm. kind of mixture of shame and sadness and happiness Mm. and it's it's yeah he he sticks his hand out and you know they embrace and the music swells it's like this perfect like cinematic moment (laughs) like it's like almost like i don't know it's like a cliche but so (laughs) earnest that you're just into it like yeah totally well then i like that it gets kind of wrinkled right after that and it's clear that it's you know mark can't ever go back to how things were before Mm. um and he's just lost so much steam you know and ho doesn't want to go back to the way things were before uh as far as the work they were doing and yeah and when that it's just it's really cool seeing a relationship like this where mm-hmm. you, you totally are convinced that these guys have each other's backs, but they don't necessarily they're not necessarily happy and they don't necessarily see eye to eye either. But at the same time, that kind of that faithfulness between the two of them is just, yeah, yeah exactly. you know, it's like nothing's going to break this. But mm-hmm. yeah, Chow, Chow Yun-Fat's delivery, like when you know, he kind of lays into him realizing that he doesn't agree. Just, wow. It's just so cool to me. I I think this is like kind of one of my favorite scenes in the whole film Uh, outside of like, you know, you think it'd be the gun action and the cool guys and stuff. And I hear you. I love all that stuff, but really like the, the stuff that wins me over with this movie is all of this interplay between the two of them. Yeah. And these two scenes back to back, the bro- the biological brothers in the rain hmm. and then are like you know work brothers um in the parking garage yeah it's that that really gets at what john was exploring with the movie here so we've spent a lot of time talking about these first few scenes <laughs> so we're gonna try to speed through a little bit of this um <laughs> Uh, there's a quick scene where they're at the club and like uh, they they see uh, Shing and his kind of gang, but Kit's been tailing them and tailing Shing this whole time because he's like still on the on the case or he wants to be on the case because mm. we actually saw him get taken off of the case right. uh, because he's kind of too close to it. Um, and he takes uh, he takes Ho like out back and is like frisking him down and like you know, threatening them and stuff. Yeah, And he's like, don't use my name. Call me mm-hmm. officer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is this, like, I feel like there has to be some compilation of Chayun fat having guns pointed at him. And then him like making the gun get even closer to him. Oh, <laughs> like as a yeah, threatening man. way. Oh, that's yeah. such a great moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause he's pointing the cool gun moment. at his head and then he brings it to his chest and he's like, if you want to shoot me, kill me. And it's like, yeah, Homie, that yeah. head would have killed you too. But yeah, I've, probably would have gotten you too. But I'm feeling. But you, also, dude. earlier in the movie, Chai Yun Fat said, "Like I never let anyone point a gun to me ever again." Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and totally. Ah. and yeah, this is <laughs> so, again this is a, just great performance dumb, by Chai Yun Fat here. This is a dumb detail, but uh, <laughs> Leslie Chung has his like drool that's just sitting on his <laughs> lip right. through like half of this scene. Yeah, at the end of the scene, like, you just, just see the drool. Just, uh, yeah. And then, but, um, yeah, we'll try to kind of move things along. But uh, mm-hmm. Jackie ends up visiting Ho at the uh, the taxi 
office shop taxi garage there it is mm-hmm. um yeah and it's i really kind of like the uh, the relationship that they depict in the movie where jackie is really pretty sympathetic to ho and mm-hmm. um, she's a real advocate for these brothers reuniting in spite of what's happened and some thugs kind of show up to kind of like kind of threaten them down a little bit. And I saw a thing that said that one of the thugs, and it might be in this scene or it might be another one, is actually Stephen Chow in uncredited oh, like really early, early role. Yeah. Oh wow. And I'm I saw one who like I could I could see that being Stephen Chow, but like Googling it around, I couldn't <laughs> get too much. Damn. But but apparently he is somewhere in this movie as one of the one of like the thugs. Oh, so. dude, that's awesome trivia. That's fun. Yeah, I, <laughs> keep our eyes peeled here. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Ho gets kind of forced uh, into a meeting with his old bosses because they say, "Oh, Mark is here," and he's trying to make it clear that he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And mm-hmm. there's this kind of sly move where his old boss, that George Foreman, like we said, um, <laughs> he. It's welc- so funny. As soon as he showed up, and like I, I kind of have the, vi- the the movie going right now to skim through. As soon as he showed up, I was like, "Oh, George Foreman." <laughs> so thanks, You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, dude. That's great. <laughs> We're gonna see him in another movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they they pull this kind of move where the boss welcomes him at the door, and then hands it over to Shing. And so it's clear that he doesn't have uh, sway in the organization anymore. And uh, Ho's starting to realize that um, he's being kind of set up here. Yeah, this is one of these situations where it's like, I, I, I want to get out. I can't get out of this life, you know. And um, I know you mentioned the film The Brothers, but there's another film uh, called Story of a Discharged Prisoner that is... Um, mm. Uh, this movie's really based on as well and actually like that movie kind of dealt with these issues uh too where it's like hey uh you know how do you kind of get out of this criminal lifestyle and uh you know everything around it kind of wants to pull you back in yeah totally and the manager of the um the taxi outfit he says that i I think kind of multiple times it's like it's not so easy to to leave the life of crime Mm mm-hmm just what Ho keeps finding. Um, yeah, what Shing wants is he 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 kind of wants Ho to like sway his brother to be like an inside man in the uh, police force. Yeah, totally. Until we get this cool speech, I'm I'm with you, Carlos. Like Tee Long's performance here is amazing, and I I love what Chow Yun Fat's doing. Um, but it's there's a lot of fireworks to to his performance <laughs> mm-hmm. and i just i believe everything t long um does and yeah. all of mm-hmm. his choices in this movie mm-hmm. there's kind of a nice beat where he's kind of speaking to the defense of both of his brothers his biological brother and and to mark and then he leaves the conference room and you could tell that mark heard it all and it's mm-hmm. it's just this like bro love yeah um, you know, thing. yeah. There's a sweet awesome. shot of them like walking away, and he has his arm around him while he's while he's limping around. Yeah, and then the plot thickens in an interesting way. John Woo's character comes back masquerading as a Taiwanese police, and uh, he's basically trying to kind of get inside the Hong Kong police force to try to, yeah, kind of play all sides to so sort of try to squeeze Ho back in, and then also um, to kind of keep keep tabs um on his brother 
and speaking of his brother, uh, uh, he's tailing the 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 gang around again and sees them like looking at this piece of paper from like some meeting and throwing in the garbage. So he goes and grabs the bag of garbage, <laughs> takes it home, and literally just dumps it out on his kitchen floor. And the jerk doesn't even pick it up afterwards. <laughs> like, and he then, finds the piece of oh, paper, man. and it cuts him taking a shower while Jackie has to throw it all away. Yeah, Dude, and then, and then in what feels almost like a story improv or something she's like oh did you remember it's my birthday yeah. and she's sitting alone with this like cake and dude that she is must like, have gotten for and herself dude is like, mm, he won't even look at her he's just kind of grunting mm-hmm. typing up some report that he wasn't asked to do um i like how the scene kind of turns on a dime and because uh, she's understandably upset and then he says uh no i never forgot your birthday and he hands yeah. her this like jewelry box um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, I could understand, uh, an audience being a little frustrated with, with his character. I mean, for one, you want to just, you so badly want to see these brothers reunite. Yeah. And that's what, I think that's what it is, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe it during the rain scene that he's so upset to see him, but it's, it's hard. We're asked to really just keep remembering, um, how upsetting it was that his father died but they both are hurt by that anyways it's mm-hmm. um, and i, th- I think i think the, the scene of him turning around and being sweet to jackie really kind of helps you kind of get back into his character i think yeah i think similar to whole his his struggle is his you know family life and his business life and he's just so obsessed with wanting to prove himself as a police officer it just happens to be that you know, that entanglement has to do with the, you know, the criminal world that his brother's involved in. So um, I think that even though they handle these two uh, plot lines differently, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And right here, we've got this situation where Jackie's still trying to bring them together. So uh, she she makes him promise, like, promise you won't get mad. And <laughs> he's like, uh, all right. And then, of course, uh whole arrives at the house and really he's just there to to warn kit uh, you know about this he you know he knows that they know what he's up to and they're kind of setting him up so he's trying to uh warn him to i he says like be careful of clues that come too easily and um yeah he's just so uh obsessed with this investigation that he doesn't even mind that yeah and he's even kind of throwing it right back at Oh, like oh well are you the clue you know and, mm-hmm. um how can i trust you um but jackie has kind of played the birthday card like oh it's my um again yeah. how sweet is this girl it's like oh all i want for my birthday is you to reunite yeah. with your brother and then yeah they have this this very quick scene where um uh kit goes to the dock and he's not even like being sneaky about what he's doing he's just running <laughs> no. onto the dock waving his gun around police and and yeah. he gets shot so uh <laughs> then he's he ends up in the hospital and uh ho shows up and uh he has to undergo some surgery and they kind of draw this out a little bit weird too but yeah. um he pulls through of course and mm-hmm. um yeah you just see the struggle of jackie mm-hmm. and ho having to worry about their his yeah. brother and, and then meanwhile, Mark meanwhile, is getting oof. this oh, brutal comeuppance. 
Um, and I, I like to imagine, like, it looks amazing. And obviously, I love a scene that just looks cool without any yeah, regard yeah, to lighting like, the, the logic of it. But I just imagining that the, the guy's like, oh, hey, there's Mark. We should take him all the way up to the top of this roof where there's this really cool <laughs> yeah. neon sign and then start beating him up. Yeah. I've actually <laughs> right. seen quite a bit of fighting games have like backgrounds like this where it's like, oh, a yeah. Hong Kong style rooftop with lights behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a total fighting game stage you're yeah, right it really it really does look Ugh. like something out of a fighting game um i kind of feel like it's weird but one of my favorite shots in the movie is the slow-mo of mark's the nose, nose exploding oh, <laughs> with, with yeah. blood. all the blood shooting out oh, yeah. yeah yeah that's really really great it's good stuff it's crazy yeah i mean really from here on out and i guess this has already been the case by this point in the movie but mark is really this whipping boy um mm-hmm. and in some ways kind of the most tragic character by the the time the film is over so they they drop off mark as i say his body he's not dead he's not quite <laughs> dead but um they drop him off at the the taxi garage and start roughing up the place which part of me is like they didn't do anything to you <laughs> Like, yeah totally it's that life man you can't escape yeah. they're just proving that point point. and yeah. actually since you mentioned stephen chow i bet he if he is this in the has got to be the this scene be, yeah he'd be in somewhere just so many dudes yep. one um, thing i really like is did you notice that uh some of those guys are putting speed holes in the those taxi cabs yeah, makes the car go faster <laughs> yeah. reset the clock yep oh, what you dude. doing oh putting speed holes in my car <laughs> <laughs> good thing i wear this piece of the um original <laughs> the cross or, yeah. Yep. yeah and but we do we get to see t long do a little bit of hand-to-hand fighting here yeah, uh, yeah which again it's not quite you know drunken kung fu or whatever but you know he's <laughs> you know he's, he's got some moves yeah it's clear how confident he is mm-hmm. i like too as the scene kind of wraps up john woo's character comes in from across the street almost saying like it's my movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give it back yep. um it's uh yeah but this is this is great and, yeah, i just i love minutes that without a gunshot going off yeah totally <laughs> but the uh the manager of the of the taxi company i mean he's just such a great character um and i think he's able to kind of effectively get through to t-long again i like that it's um we see kind of a pretty cool spectrum of like all these male relationships, you know, the super jovial fraternal. Um, and then the kind of like, it's just mutually understood, but we're kind of upset with each other, but we still have each other's backs kind of. Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another great uh, high elevation scene mm-hmm. where um, we're kind of looking down from this like high hill uh, down into the, into the city so, yeah, great bit of acting here from Chow Yun Fat, where he's almost uh, kind of lost his will to live. Seemingly, it's like what's sort of what's the point? He's still really trying to hold on to, you know, that life that they had. So yeah. he he's kind of pleading with Ho. He's like, "Come on, man! Like, let's just do this one last job. You know, we can do this, and then we can we can be free. We can get out of here." Ho's still pretty conflicted with it. Mark actually, like, he's like, all right, I'm going to do this. So that leads us to, like, our next kind of big mm-hmm. scene 
you get a lot of these iconic shots that kind of outside of that uh, restaurant scene. I think yeah. whenever you see images of Mark from this film, they'll be from like this next sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it starts with an amazing shot of him limping in on in like the parking garage, like dead center of the frame and his his clinking. It, it's funny, the clinking lines up with the music like at first and then it kind of gets out of sync. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a really cool uh, effect for the very beginning. Yeah. And it's kind of nice to uh, come back to our like secret bad guy location. Um mm-hmm that was so memorable from the opening. And this is where we steal the reel of tape that like we mentioned. And um, it's kind of nice that we have this like MacGuffin element. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, we also have Mark trying to escape the scene. And I think that's super exciting part of, of the action, especially as we kind of move into the um, like parking garage area. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really like to mention too, about the, the gunplay in the movie is um, they don't just, put squibs on the entry wounds of people getting shot. They also put squibs on their exit wounds. So whenever you see somebody get shot, you'll see like blood explosion from their front and from their back. And I think that that's a really cool detail that adds to the excitement of the gunfire. And um, honestly, that's something I still don't really see in, in uh, you know, gunplay in movies and, I think it's super effective, actually. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Another thing I love is like brutal. all mm-hmm. the uh, the muzzle flashes. It's in mm-hmm. general, uh, Better Tomorrow is more of kind of like a low light sort of movie. Emphasizes a lot of the darkness, and so when the muzzle flashes go off, they kind of like overexpose the camera, and it's just like super bright. And it's mm. I don't know. All I think adds to kind of the realism and the shock of it too. Yeah. There's some really good stunt work in this scene, too. Uh, mm-hmm. The one I think of is the guy kind of leaping towards Mark, and he shoots him, and then he kind of falls on top of a car yeah. and oh, smashes yeah. his head into uh, one of the windows. That's, oh, that's really such a cool. cool shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Mark, like, sliding across the ground in his, like, his little, uh, I don't know, his little trolley thingy yeah. that uh, he had earlier. Yeah, it's yeah. good. And then and I, um, I love that he's just we see this actually have uh, or at least you see it in Hard Boiled too, but Chow Yun Fat's struggling like he's still shooting yeah, and really. stuff, but like he's not this super awesome action star. Like he's like crawling around trying to like you know get behind cover and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just adds to like the gritty kind of brutal nature of this whole scene. Yeah, hundred percent. And then it's nice. We, uh, Ho actually shows up at the last mm-hmm. minute um, on a motorcycle. In a helmet the whole time, um, I think, yeah, most of the audience probably picks up on it, on it being him, but I could also imagine him maybe taking the helmet off or mm-hmm. having something that doesn't quite obscure him so much. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, nice little stunt, too, where uh, Mark throws the real tape like a Frisbee and... <laughs> Yeah, dude, yeah dude I imagine some, catches it in like some IT guy way. in Hong Kong yeah. in IT six. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> proper tape care, please. <laughs> yeah, but that um, actually speaking awesome. of that, they must have not had an IT guy there because you think they would have backed something that important up, like oh. <laughs> like would have had yeah, you know one other role that had the information on it. I but, think that the the crux of it is that. They can use that to, you know, that, I guess down. they can use it as, as evidence more than yeah. 
just yeah but that's uh, yeah faster. good point i see what you mean and yeah what, what you see in the next scene is that uh things are turning up uh they're turning up the heat for shing now because um our our old man here he he's kind of like you know you gotta fix this you know because if they get away with this and you know we're done so like they're creating problems and that's honestly what they want to do and then um we run into a scene we mentioned earlier um with the kids choir singing the kind of we are the worldish sort of thing yeah and so this is i i like these little details here where it's not all spelled out but you just feel like it's a living breathing world and that in the three years since jackie's uh, orchestral audition she's found this job maybe as a music teacher or something like that mm-hmm. um and i like we have this really kind of sweet scene with uh her and ho um just side stage and he actually gives her the tape and a message to pass on to, to his brother and i like how it's shot here too long exits into like total blackness just the way it's lit it's cool yeah and i also think it's really cool that you know you would think that it's kind of this mark and ho are you know they got the treasure that they need to make a new life but instead ho's really kind of doing this to help out his his brother and he still really really cares about his brother and who wants that relationship and you know this is as how far he he'll go to get that back well you know like shing's solidifying his move into complete villainy is him killing the old man Mm-hmm. yeah 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 totally he kills the old man before going to the uh kind of this pre-arranged meeting spot in like this this uh shrine in a movie full of cool shots of guys smoking the shot where uh chayon fat has the cigarette but the cigarette has like all of this ash like just yeah. like curled under like you know Defying they've just been sitting there yeah. for a long time yeah, man. time's almost up mm-hmm and there's a weird freeze frame in the middle of this. Did you all notice yeah. this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was to cover some. It must have been footage. Or, yeah, I don't know what it was. It was probably like because um, it's a it's a it's a shot on Chayun Fat, and they probably just wanted him to sit still for like a second longer, but they just didn't have it. So like, eh, just freeze it. Yeah, <laughs> and this location of the shrine. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like this also is like a, a very Wu esque, you know, of the kinds of locations that um, we'll see in his future movies. Mm-hmm. No doves yet. No doves yeah, yet. No, no doves yet. I was waiting because the whole time I was like, when when they gonna happen? <laughs> Not quite. Um, they they didn't have the budget for doves quite yet, so. Right. Uh, but the Xing shows up and they kind of hold him up, I guess, and. Uh, and are uh, going to like this this like dock, I guess, um, where they have like their their getaway boat to get to escape to Taiwan. And this is and this this sets up our our kind of final final scene where we got like these barrels everywhere. We got like these buildings around us, and it it feels like something from a video game. <laughs> like yeah, you have you guys ever played like uh, I don't know like Time Crisis or Virtual Cop in the early? Yeah, oh, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is basically like the they like kick the barrel the, towards you and you have to shoot it before it hits the screen. Yep. <laughs> it's the cornerstone for for all of those games. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Mark gets 
uh, makes his way over to the boat and Ho is basically saying like, you, you go on ahead. Like I'm going to hold them off and give myself up. Cause like I, for real this time, I want to get out of, of mm-hmm. the, the game. Uh, Kit's been completely taken off of the case, but he's not giving up on it. So he's just going there kind of on his own, on his own. Um, while he's completely surrounded by all of these, these, these dudes. Yeah. And that's that's another amazing shot where like he gets out of his car and there's like ten guys all surrounding him, all pointing guns at him. And uh Chaya Fat has a change of heart. And I I like to imagine that they they rented out this speedboat just for it to be like in ten <laughs> seconds of him driving away and then spinning and then driving back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome hearing that um you know that main theme come back yes. with Chai and Fat driving the boat. It's yeah, it's so it's mm-hmm. so great. And again, a major sequence of the movie that uh, takes place at night is extremely dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this is it's really daring and a clear um, you know aesthetic of of the film um, that John Woo you know cast so much of it in, in this kind of darkness, which it would not, it's not easy for production to have, you know, this giant uh, set piece um, to be happening all on these night shoots like this, but mm-hmm. boy, it's, it's incredible. Uh, maybe actually sometimes depending on the transfer of the movie you're watching, sometimes <laughs> it can be quite dark. Um, so you may want to really kind of uh best kind of calibrate your tv settings or whatever yeah so they have this standoff and they're gonna exchange shing for kit who's you know got like 20 guns holding up to him um and uh they do this trade-off and uh when kit gets to shing he grabs him and that's when all the shooting begins Mm -hmm. and um yeah people are getting tagged so it's kind of like what you guys are saying like just because you're the main character uh you're you're gonna get shot too mm-hmm. <laughs> so um kit gets hit in the shoulder and um shortly after that hole gets tagged too and um it's looking pretty grim for these guys but yeah you've also got these huge like explosive stunts so there's a lot of yeah. explosion explosions here and um yeah mark comes back on the speedboat and just starts shooting at these you know ridiculous explosive barrels that yeah. cause this insane slow motion ex- explosion and yep. it's amazing yeah for real i love that he's got like a pistol in one hand and then like an uzi and, in the other hand yeah yeah <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> um, and there's some really fun shots where, um, you know, they're somebody's running and they're being trailed by gunfire on the mm, ground. Yeah. I think those work really well. And um, there's this moment right at the beginning when everything breaks out where um, Ho uh, tosses a gun to his brother. And um, his brother immediately holds the gun up what you think is holding up to him oh, and so you get great. this really great reaction shot from mm-hmm. Tilong, but then yeah. he he shoots the guy that's behind him it's like yeah kind of this really symbolic moment for the brother well it's suit. great because he also lifts the gun up to aim at the guy behind him so you mm-hmm. do feel like this sense of like deliberation um mm-hmm. it's yeah it's great and this feels like the moment where um their relationship which really is what the whole movie is about. Yeah, we've got these giant explosions and the gunfire. The reason it all works 
is that we're so invested in the relationship of these brothers. Um, yeah. But this is kind of the moment where it seems like, okay, I think we've turned the corner. These guys could maybe start bridging it back together. Yeah. And in the midst of all of this, you still have these moments where, um, you know, Hose, kind of, he got like shot in the gut. So he's, he's really in pain. And um, Kit's kind of torn between like his motivation taking down Shing and then watching for his brother and Mark really has to step in and make yeah, him realize amazing. how he's like scolding him basically. Yeah. And yeah, during these moments you're just so invested in his kind of acting and he's pulled you in so far that it's really shocking here because um he gets shot and he dies. Yeah. And yeah. it's and, just and like his own his blood gets splattered on Kit's face. Mm-hmm. it's oh, is rough dude. and then he just yeah and it's like interrupts like his sentence it's like mid-sentence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's oh man st- you can imagine people in the theater just like gasping mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah man. totally but yeah so, it's like you say matthew like he it's not just a shot after that it's so shocking but then he gets literally like the stuntman <laughs> get riddled with bullets yeah <laughs> totally it's, it's, it's crazy and there's this great shot of it almost looks like a paintball like shot of Shing and one of his goons hiding behind a barrel, just shooting, shooting, shooting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy, hmm. but you're, yeah, you're really invested, man. Right. By the time this happens and by the time you see the, the reaction from whole, like grabbing his friend and he's got his brother there with him. Like, it's like, Whoa, like, damn, <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then Ho gets like this final this final showdown with Shane because the police show up and and yeah they have kind of the wrong angle on the uh, on what's happened with George Foreman so uh, Ho's actually <laughs> accused of that murder so they're yeah. the police are on their megaphones asking him to turn himself in mm-hmm. yeah. so Shane's going to give himself up to the police thinking that Ho will get you know get arrested or killed in his place. And then Kit just gives Ho his gun, and Ho just immediately shoots Shane and kills him. Yeah. yeah. I love that there's, like, no hesitation. He just immediately does it. And also, like, Kit turns a, he turns his back to it, so he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't bear witness to this, mm-hmm. even though I, I did make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shane's reaction to seeing him holding the gun is great, too, because he's kind of got this smugness about him, knowing, like, hey... You know, maybe I'll get caught, but yeah, I'll get totally. away with this. And then, yeah, him noticing him with the gun, and then he gets blown away is really great. And Ho <laughs> grabs Kit's handcuffs and just throws one of the handcuffs on his own arm and says, "Like, no, like this is what you this is what you wanted. Like, this is the way that it has to be." Yeah. And they have yep. a a little moment, and the 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 freeze frame is them going out to to see the see the police. Yeah, totally. And these close-ups on them and their like final exchange. This is just amazing. And then and I love that we it gradually says, have a fade in of our uh, our theme song. Yeah, and yes. I love that it says the end. Fine, Finn. Yeah, <laughs> three different languages. <laughs> three different languages. Only one of which is featured in the movie in any way. <laughs> but yeah, that's a better tomorrow. Yeah, super good. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, really man. great yeah. stuff. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm definitely really excited to to check out the rest of these that we have uh, lined up. Yeah. 
Dude, sweet. We mentioned A Better Tomorrow too a little bit. And um, yeah, this was such a huge film that I think John Woo is kind of conflicted about how to follow it up or if you wanted to. But they did end up doing that. And I'm honestly, I do feel like T. Lung's the best part of the sequel. <laughs> but it is funny, like what you said, how... How are we going to bring him back? Oh, he's got <laughs> a twin, a twin brother. brother. <laughs> the other thing that's really fun about that movie, though, is that uh, one of the other like big uh, roles in that is played by Dean Sheck. Oh, cool. <laughs> so you get to see Dean Sheck, but like in the 80s. And mm-hmm. he's playing well, and that a apparently bit. was like kind of divisive for John Woo and Choi Hark because I think Hark wanted more focus on the Dean Sheck character. And um, they they kind of separated from from working with each other after that. Yeah, I don't. I, I think if you watch the first movie, you're good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, because so then um, then there was um a better tomorrow three, which is like a prequel by Choi Hark, and that was like kind of weird. And John Woo ended up doing uh bullet in the head, bullet to the head, bullet in the head. And that was originally going to be a prequel to uh, Better Tomorrow, but uh, it ended up not being one. But yeah, this this movie is so influential. What do we yeah, like? Robert Rodriguez, like Desperado, like these kind of crazy, like you know, gun action thingies, and um, I don't know Tarantino, of course. I think the, the some of the the other movies we're going to see are maybe a little more influential to Tarantino, but. Um, We'll be able to talk to the about those in uh, next episode, I think. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah um, totally. But yeah, it's su- super good. I thought that I saw this movie, but I definitely did not see it. Oh, cool. And I'm glad. Oh, yeah, I'm awesome. glad that we watched it for the podcast. That's nice that I wasn't the only one that hadn't seen it before. So, yeah, honestly, it's, this is stuff that you know I'd seen, but I really didn't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. like you know, for me it was like i don't know i kind of always have liked fighting more than gunplay that's and, for sure yeah same here yeah there's more fun in fighting to me than in uh you know just seeing somebody get shot and i don't care if you're cool you know like usually when you, <laughs> usually when you see like a gun action it's like cool guys or the you know badass yeah. stuff and i don't lean towards that too much i guess yeah no i know i i i think i'm of that bent too. And I think what, what draws us all, you know, to something like a better tomorrow is just, yeah, that filmmaking being at such a high level and these performances just being so, so damn strong. Yeah. It's the, the heart of it, you know, like this movie has a lot of heart. It really does. Yeah. Like John Woo has almost become like a, not punchline, but like when people say John Woo, they think of like, oh yeah, slow motion explosions, holding two guns, okay. diving the air, and you know, doves flying out and stuff. Yeah, which nice like that does off. happen, but you know, it's there's more yeah. to it than just that. Mm-hmm. It's weird, like how consistent that phenomenon is. Like a filmmaker, any artist um, mm-hmm. that finds a lot of success and really connecting effectively with an audience. There's a group of us that will try to reduce what they're doing to (laughs) a few techniques or something. And it's like, if you haven't really been exposed to John Woo, uh, it's, it's like the experience of really getting to dedicate some time to, to any great work. It's, you see the depth and the breadth that's, that's there. And 
there's so much more going on than the imitators might lead you to believe. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. But thank you so much for checking out our show here. Um, if you like the show, then you, can, then you can leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Here's the Number 3 Podcast on all three of them. And thank you to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. So, uh, Carlos, what is our training for next week? So, yeah, we're going to stay in this era and we're not moving too far away from where we are right now. So the next film we're going to be talking about is 1987's City on Fire. Um, This is directed by Ringo Lam, also starring Chow Yun-Fat. We're going to also see Danny Lee, who... uh, Oh, cool. Yeah, we haven't seen in a while. And honestly, uh, we joke about him being our oily maniac in Inframan. (laughs) (laughs) But I think more people know him from this era. So Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be really cool to see that. And you'll see uh, Chow Yun-Fat on the other side of the law. So that's uh, pretty cool. Good stuff. Well, until next week, where we're taking a look at City on Fire... I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.